0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beyond the Basket podcast. My name is Brandon Muting, and guys, we only have eight teams remaining in the March Madness Tournament. Now, for today's episode, I will be covering all eight of those teams, taking a look at their resume for this tournament. Who has the most momentum going into the Final Four? Is Gonzaga the actually true favorite to win at this point? We're going to be diving deeper into those things. And actually, I have an announcement right at the start of the podcast, and you know what? Let's just get to it right now. Beyond the Basket is actually expanding to not only a podcast but actually a blog. So if you go to your URL, Internet Explorer, Safari, or whatever you would like, just put in there beyond the basket dot Excuse me, and you will see that there is a whole website dedicated to Beyond the Basket and College Hoops. So you know what? If you do not have time to listen to the podcast, that is no worries. I understand we are busy people, but if you have time to read a story or something, I have stories on that blog that I do not cover in the podcast, and I might give you a glimpse of my blog post that will be coming out at 3 p.m. today on March 29th, but I'm not going to give you the whole story. So if you would like to check out that blog, wait till 3 p.m. today, and yes, the website is a little... It needs to be worked on some more with the designs and everything, but right now I wanted to get out content to you guys for you guys to enjoy, and I will be working on the website more and more and make it more advanced as weeks go on. And if you guys haven't noticed, we actually already have a new logo, the Beyond the Basket logo, and I'm actually going to be working on some new music to the podcast, so some very, very exciting things. And I've actually received some questions like, hey, is this going to be continued even when March Madness is go- isn't is going on? And yes, as soon as they crown a national champion, this podcast will still be going on. This is an all-year-long podcast. I will always find something to talk about. Some episodes might be smaller than others, but I will be sure to find something to talk about, because it's basketball. Basketball is my passion. It's my sport. It's something I want to be a part of my life forever. So, I just wanted to get that out of the way, but now, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to be talking about all the Elite Eight teams. I'm going to be going over, very briefly, some of my blog posts and sharing it with you, but if you want to see the full one, like I said, you're going to have to go to the website yourself, and then, you know, guys, we're on the road to the final four. Tonight, Monday night, we have two Elite Eight games. Tomorrow, we have two Elite Eight games. It's... We're on the road to the Final Four, and we're going to be crowning a national champion here within the next week or two. So let's get started by talking about the obvious favorite, and that's the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Now, their tournament resume right now, they destroyed Norfolk State in the first round, 98-55. Gonzaga took down the Big 12 team in the Oklahoma Sooners, 87-71, and of course they took down the Blue Jays, my team, 83-65 83-65 to 65 in the Sweet 16. Guys, they are moving on to the Elite 8, and the Gonzaga has never, ever won a national championship. This might be the year where they do win a national championship. They blew through Norfolk State, who, granted, isn't in a very strong conference. Oklahoma, yes, they didn't end the season very well, but they're still a Big 12 team in the... They destroyed them by 16 points, and Creighton was the second-best team in the Big East, made it all the way to the Big East Championship, and demolished them by 18 points. Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Coach Mark Few, these guys are the real deal. I had my doubts with Gonzaga, The only reason I had my doubts with them is because of the conference they were placed in. And now taking a look at their future, they just had Hunter Salas, a five-star commit, come to Gonzaga. He is committed to Gonzaga. So it doesn't look like Gonzaga is going to lose momentum in following seasons anytime soon. And it looks like the number one prospect, Shet Holmgren, might also join them, but we'll get to that some other episode it's, this is insane. Gonzaga is a second half basketball team. So was Creighton and Creighton still lost by 18 points. And now Gonzaga is in the elite eight. I told you I've had my doubts with Gonzaga. Even in the podcast, I had them losing in the second round to Oklahoma. I think Gonzaga is the clear cut favorite here to win the national championship. These guys have proved it. And you know, they, I would love to see them in a, bigger conference, just to kind of see how they play in, like, maybe the Mountain West or the Pac-12. But, you know, you've got to give it to them. They played really well this season. They beat a Big 12 team. They beat a Big East team. Heck, I believe they beat Iowa and Kansas at the very beginning in non-conference play. So, Gonzaga right now, guys, is probably the clear-cut favorite to win. Now, they face the USC Trojans. Evan Mobley, who looks to be either the top or second NBA draft pick, the big man. He's going to be a hard task for center like Drew Timmy to guard, but taking a look at USC's resume, they took down the Drake Bulldogs in the first round, and I think Drake was actually very underrated, but they lost by 16 points. Then USC upset Kansas Jayhawks and David McCormick 85-51 to 34-point differential for the Trojans taking down Bill Self's team and then took on a Pac-12 team in Oregon last night, winning by 14 points. And now they're talking or taking on the top seed in the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And like I said, I think the key matchup here is Drew Timmy and Evan Mobley. The thing is, though, USC needs to figure out a way to stop Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert Because those are the other two stars. If you have Drew Timmy covered, great. But you also got to remember the first half could be close, but then Gonzaga will take it in the second half. Gonzaga is a second half basketball team. You saw that in the West Coast Conference tournament. You saw that in March Madness. You saw it with both Oklahoma and Creighton. But USC, I think, we can give them a run for their money. I still think Gonzaga goes to the Final Four here. But USC did knock off the Jayhawks, the Ducks, well, and a very underrated Drake Bulldog team. And a lot of people had Drake beating USC in the first round. USC has proved those people wrong. You know, and it's it's going to be tough to see what happens during this game. Could USC actually keep up with them in the second half? But like I said, Gonzaga is a second is a is a second-half basketball team. And if I were to give you my chances of USC winning, it would be less than 5%. I don't think USC has a great chance. If Gonzaga goes down, it's going to be either in the Final Four or in the championship game. Now, taking a look at the East region, Michigan, who I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of surprised they made it this far, especially without their star player in Isaiah Livers, you know, they beat Texas Southern, a 16 seed, only by 16 points. And you're probably like, Brandon, that's a double-digit win. Yes, but that was also the the smallest amount of a lead for a one seed this year. Illinois destroyed Drexel. Baylor destroyed Hartford. Gonzaga destroyed Norfolk State. And you know what? Michigan beat Texas Southern. They didn't really destroy them. Uh, and then they almost lost to LSU in the second round, only won by eight points and then they did take down the Seminoles pretty handily in the Sweet 16. And now they're here in the Elite Eight. And if I were to make a prediction at the very beginning of the bracket, I would say Michigan would be the only one seed that wouldn't make the Final Four. Obviously not the case. Illinois losing in the second round to Loyola Chicago. But the question is, is do they really need Isaiah Livers? It was like the whole Villanova case. Do they really need Colin Galipsi? But here it's Michigan and Juan Howard. Do they truly need Isaiah Livers? The answer is no, they don't. And me being a big doubter in the Wolverines, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm still doubting them a little bit. But with their opponents, who I'll get to here in a second, I think Michigan goes to the Final Four and takes on Gonzaga. And from there, I think Gonzaga beats Michigan, but I think Michigan can actually make it to make it to the road to the Final Four. I just don't think they're going to get a championship under their belt. And their opponents, who surprisingly went from a first four game all the way to a lead eight, is the UCLA Bruins from the Pac-12. And like we've seen, the Pac-12 is probably the most underrated conference this year, very overlooked. Everybody was taking a look at the Big Ten, the Big 12. Well, obviously the Pac-12 is the conference to look at this year. UCLA beat Michigan State in a first four game, went by BYU by 11 points in the first round, beat the kind of the underdog Abilene Christian by 20 points in the second round, took down the Alabama Crimson Tide by 10 points last night, and now they are set to take on the Michigan Wolverines. Guys, I had Michigan State beating UCLA in the first four. I had my doubts in the Bruins. I had my doubts with both the Wolverines and the Bruins. But obviously, UCLA has proved that they can do this. So... I could see either team making it to the Final Four with the Gonzaga and USC game. I was like, Gonzaga's the easy favorite. I will pick Michigan to win this game, but I think it could be a close one. UCLA has proven that they can be an Elite Eight team, and you could say, well, they had they faced an easy Big Ten team in Michigan State. They beat a West Coast Conference team in BYU. They beat an underdog in Abilene Christian. And maybe they got lucky against Alabama. Guys, they're a good basketball team. BYU is actually a pretty decent team. Alabama's a very, very good team this year. And I guess they're going to be put to the test against the Michigan Wolverines and Juwan Howard. Without Isaiah Livers, how will they handle Hunter Dickinson is my biggest question for that game. So, I personally will have Michigan and Gonzaga in the Final Four on that side of the bracket. Now, taking a look at the South region, we have the Baylor Bears, who took down the Hartford Hawks in the first round, took down the Wisconsin Badgers in the second round, and actually had a pretty tough game against the Villanova Wildcats in the Sweet 16. They did end up winning by 11, but Villanova was up by 7 at halftime. And, you know, like, a lot of—I had my doubts with Baylor then. I was like, wow, Villanova's a pretty good team, and I had Villanova losing to Winthrop in the first round. So the Baylor Bears, you know, are a very good team with Jared Butler— And I have a lot of respect for head coach Scott Drew, who I personally think should win head coach of the year just because they actually had a pretty tough schedule and their record shows that they can handle that schedule. So uh, with Baylor being in the Elite Eight, they are a good team and I think they could go to the Final Four, but they have the Arkansas Razorbacks in their way. Arkansas, who took down Colgate in the first round, Only won by two points against Texas Tech in the second, and only by two points against the Cinderella Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16. Listen, Arkansas is a good team. Colgate in the first half of that first game was scary for people because, and I know a lot of people actually picked Colgate to win that game, but. Arkansas fans and, you know, even me as a college basketball fan was putting my doubts in uh, the Razorbacks. I love Eric Musselman as a coach. I even had Texas Tech beating Arkansas in the second round. And they only won by two points. And the fact that Oral Roberts almost beat them is a scary thought. So I'm going to say Baylor takes this one pretty handily. And if Arkansas makes it to the Final Four, I think that's amazing. They have a very good team, and a star like Moses Moody deserves that. But I just personally think that Baylor has this one in the bag against the Arkansas Razorbacks just because of how they played against Oral Roberts and Texas Tech. And Baylor obviously came back in the second half against Villanova, took down a good Wisconsin team, and, you know, destroyed an American East team in the Hartford Hawks. So I'm having Baylor advance here. They have the better resume. In this tournament so far. Now, taking a look at the Midwest region, which is probably the craziest region this year, the Oregon State Beavers, who at the very beginning of the year was ranked last, dead last in the Pac 12 Conference, ended up winning the Pac 12 Championship, was seeded 12th, knocked off Tennessee by 14 points, knocked off Cade Cunningham and the Oklahoma State Cowboys by 10 points. Took down Sister Jean and the Ramblers in the Sweet 16 by 7 points. And now they are sitting here in the Elite 8, looking to be a 12 seed in the Final Four. Now, I want you guys to look at something real quick. Earlier, I said Pac-12 was the most underrated conference. There are two Pac-12 teams in the Elite 8. UCLA, who is an 11 seed, and Oregon State, who is a 12 seed. Could these two teams both make the Final Four? I made my statement with UCLA in Michigan. But Oregon State, I think, has a very good shot at making the Final Four and representing the Pac-12 and going from ranked last in the preseason in their conference to a Final Four team. They do take on the Houston Cougars, who beat Cleveland State in the first round, almost lost to Rutgers in the second round, handled Syracuse in the Sweet 16, and now they're taking on the Beavers. I think Houston is overrated. Do I think they're a good basketball team? Of course, but I don't think they should have been a 2 seed. I think a 3 seed, maybe a 4 seed. I think a 3 seed is their fit for them. And I think Oregon State is my pick to go to the Final 4 in this game. And Houston, I just don't have I just don't have the belief in the Cougars right now. I really I had them out in the second round against Rutgers, who Rutgers almost did win. And I thought Syracuse is a very good basketball team with Bodie Boheim in their zone defense, but obviously Houston took care of that pretty handily because of their shooting. But Oregon State, you know, is a very hot team right now, and they're the Cinderella this year. They're going to the Cinderella to the Final Four, I should say. Aura Roberts is more likely the Cinderella of this bracket. So, I'm having Oregon State advance against Baylor. I think Baylor wins, and I think Gonzaga wins, and it's Baylor versus Gonzaga, which I think will be an amazing game. And I think Gonzaga ends up taking the national championship for the first time in their program. For some reason, you know, this year was crazy with all March Madness, but when you take a look at the possible Final Four teams, there could be three one-seeds and maybe even a two-seed in the Final Four. And then you're like, wow, it actually wasn't that crazy. But when you're taking a look at a four-seed like Virginia going down, um, Iowa going down to Oregon in the second round, you know, Georgetown was a popular pick in upsets, and they got destroyed in the first round. Texas lost in the first round. I had Texas in my final four. You know, things like that. It was a crazy year. Loyola Chicago knocked off Illinois in the second round. Illinois was my champion this year. So it just shows you this is March, and this is madness. And there is there is a reason why nobody has a perfect bracket right now. And it's because things get crazy and I'm curious to see if Gonzaga will actually win a national championship and go up and defeated for the year and, and kind of see what happens to him next year. I mean, they're getting someone like Hunter Salas. They might be getting the top prospect in the 2021 class in Shet Holmgren. And you know, Drew Timmy and Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert are most likely to leave for the NBA draft. And they're bringing in two five star prospects. So, it's going to be an exciting Elite 8. I'm hoping it's not an easy Elite 8, if that makes sense. I want these to be good games. I don't want these to be blowouts. I was kind of shocked that Gonzaga blew Creighton out of the water and Michigan blew Florida State out of the water. I want these games to be close. I would love to see at least one overtime game. Maybe that overtime game is between Oregon State and Houston, or even Baylor and Arkansas. I would love to see it. Um but yes. So that is it for my brackets, but now I'm going to take a look at a part of my blog post. So if you guys are going to check it out later, I'm going to be talking about the top 10 things that could happen before the college basketball season tips off for the 2021-22 or yeah, 22 season. So I named 10 things. I'm going to name my number 10 one or my t- number 10 in this list. And then you're going to have to check out 1-9 through on your own if you'd like to. I will put the link in this episode's bio for you guys to check it out. Now, obviously you guys have heard about Texas Longhorns' Shaka Smart going to Marquette. And a lot of people took that as a shock. And when I heard about it, I was shocked too. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense. Before the season started, Shaka Smart was on the hot seat. Because Longhorns just weren't doing well. This season happens, and the Longhorns did amazing, got a 3 in March Madness, but were disappointed in the first round against the Abilene Christian Wildcats. And instead of risking another year on the hot seat, Shaka Smart moves to a program that needs direction and leadership, and that is the Marquette Golden Eagles, who have a lot of promise with a player like Dawson Garcia. So, Shaka Smart actually had the smartest move Marquette has promise in the Big East. The question is, who takes over in Texas? And my top candidate for this is Gonzaga head coach Mark Few. He's had 16 West Coast Conference championships, 22 March Madness tournament appearances, and his recruitment has obviously improved. And so, you know, the Longhorn program obviously has potential and Mark Few can help them reach that potential. The thing, the reason why it's only number 10 on my list, and why I'm a little doubting it, is because of the team that's set up for him possibly next year with a recruit like Shet Holmgren, who, you know, like I said, hasn't committed to Gonzaga, but it's kind of looking that way, and recently just got Hunter Salas, a five-star recruit from Miller North High School in Omaha, Nebraska. So, I'm thinking Mark Few could move as a head coach, but I you know, I have my doubts with it. That is why it's number 10 on my list. Well, anyways, that'll do it for this week's episode of Beyond the Basket podcast. I will be posting more blog posts maybe throughout the week when I have more stories or maybe even more predictions as the season goes on. And when these Elite Eight games are done, I'm going to be excited to look at the final four games, maybe on a blog post, maybe on the next week's podcast, But make sure you guys subscribe to the blog. There is actually a subscribe button in the top right corner, and you will get emailed every time there is a new post that you would like to read. And feel free to comment. Um, If you disagree with me, please say something. I love hearing stuff like that. I don't want everybody agreeing, because what's the fun in that? You're supposed to disagree with everything, right? (laughs) Anyways, my name is Brandon Muting, and I will see you guys next time.